This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. Before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, I hope today that you're encouraged in your relationship with Christ. But the question I want to take up today, what do you do when it feels like life is spinning out of control? Maybe in your relationships, maybe even in your health, certainly in the world around us. Today, I want to remind you that even in those moments that seem like they're beyond God's control, those moments that seem greater than what we can even handle or navigate through, that even in those moments that God is in control and that heaven rules. Those two words, heaven rules, has uh, been captured in a book uh, by a good friend of our ministry here, Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth. She has written a book called Heaven Rules that I absolutely love. And uh, her heart behind what that statement means, I think, is revolutionary uh, when we when we understand it. Nancy is joining me today. For many of you, you know Nancy. She has just touched the lives of millions of women through Revive Our Hearts, a true woman's movement, true woman uh, movement. Uh, she has been such a stalwart teacher of God's word, lover of God's people, and uh, been used by God to uh, be a, a shining light for so many over the years. And I'm grateful that she joins us today to talk about her book, Heaven Rules. Take courage, take comfort. Our God is in control. Nancy, how are you? I'm doing well, Chris, and so good to hear your voice. And, you know, you spoke at our recent True Woman conference, and what a blessing that was yeah. uh, to our listeners. And our hearts beat alike that in yes. these crazy times, we got to keep yes. looking up to the Absolutely. Lord. Absolutely. And there's so many people. First off, the conference was incredible. And I say to people all the time, it really is. I've done a lot of conferences, and I got friends who listen to the program, so I need to tread lightly. But I do a lot of conferences, uh, <laughs> but none better than a true woman. I, and I mean that. There is so much prayer. There is so much commitment to the Word of God. The people who gather uh, to uh, pour into those awesome women who come are uh, just people who love the Word. And I appreciate uh, you and uh, Robert and your heart and uh, ministry together. I want to start with a page of the book that I think so often is skipped, and that is the dedication page. You dedicated this book on your dedication page to Samuel Ethan Bollinger. Um, then up under his name is uh, his birthday and span of his life, from June 13, 2021 
to June 13th, 2021. Can you share who this awesome child was and how Samuel's life plays into your prompting to write Heaven Rules? Yeah, I'm getting chills just hearing you say that and looking at a precious picture on that dedication page of baby Samuel's little tiny infant feet taken when he was born. His mom and dad have served on the staff of Reviver Hearts for many years. We watched them get married and then have one, then two, then three children. They were joyfully expecting their fourth. They knew it was going to be a little boy. They'd already chosen the name Samuel Ethan. And as far as they knew, the pregnancy was going just as expected. And then a day or two, I think it was, before Katie was due to give birth, she in a moment realized that she had not felt the baby moving for a number of hours. Long story short, she and Nathan got to the hospital, uh, quickly were exa- she was examined, and they realized there was no heartbeat. And um, then she had to go through the hours of labor Mm -hmm. to deliver a baby that they knew was not alive Mm -hmm. and had been until just hours before. And in the course of that time, Nathan had texted some of our team members. Um, Nathan's mom, who lives in our area, had texted me, and she was staying with the other children, keeping them during that couple-of-day period. And um, you know, it was just, it was heartbreaking. We were just praying, crying out to the Lord, but knowing that this precious child we had all anticipated was stillborn, was not going to take a breath here in this world. And during those like horrific, painful hours for, surely for them, but also for those of us who love them, Nathan's mom sent me a picture on my text. Um, uh, You know, those whiteboard things they have in the hospital rooms where they have the Mm -hmm. doctor's name and the nurse's name and the room number and special instructions. And on that board, Nathan had written the dad whose wife was in there delivering this stillborn baby. He had written words from a, a, a Reviver Heart series we had recorded just shortly before that called Heaven Rules. From the book of Daniel, and Nathan is our videographer. He had produced that entire series over the course of weeks. So he'd been listening to this message. And he and Katie have lived out the reality of heaven's rule through all the years I've known them. But on that whiteboard in the hospital, Nathan had written in red marker, heaven rules. And Samuel is there. Exclamation point. Wow. And it was that in that moment, and then in the days following through an amazing funeral service that was a worship service with tears and pain and anguish and this tiny casket sitting up at the front of the church auditorium. Through all of that, I watched this family, these parents, their three young children, with tears streaming down their faces and hands and hearts lifted up to the Lord saying, we do not understand this. We never would have written this story, but we trust through our tears 
that God has written this story. And we worship him um, in the midst of our pain. And as I went through that experience with them, we were I was finishing up writing this book, and I thought, you know, that is a living technicolor picture of yes. the hard but precious realities that surround this concept that God is in control, that he can be trusted, and that we can take courage and have comfort under that control. So I asked them for permission. Could we use this picture? Could we, um, and actually the whole preface to the book is a telling of this story with their permission because they're, what they said was, we want God to be glorified. We yes. want people to know that he is worthy of our trust. And, you know, I sometimes, Chris, I hesitate a little bit to tell that story because I know that even as we shared a video about Samuel's story at the True Woman Conference, I know there are probably a hundred women in that vast auditorium who are expecting a baby as they're watching this video. And what I said to them, I would say to listeners right now who, what I just said may strike fear in their hearts, mm -hmm. fear of the unknown. I said, you know what, God, God isn't giving you grace today for something you're not going through. Mm -hmm. So when and if you go through something like this or something very different, God will be there to give you exactly what you need Yes. in that moment. He's not going to promise that because heaven rules that you won't have any deep sorrows. We all do and will, but he does promise that as we do, he will be near, he will be there, and he will... He will walk with us through that valley, and in the end, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and we will look back and we will say, he is worthy of our worship. He has done all things well. The Bollingers stand as an example of what this book, in many ways, Nancy, is all about. But I think about the fact that you wrote this book recognizing that these two words, heaven rules are powerful enough to steal our hearts and to give us hope when we hear other two words like work layoffs or global pandemic or car repairs. For some, that's it, or family trouble or election season. You wrote this book to remind us no matter what the area of life that heaven rules. Can you just talk a little bit about what you saw that caused you to say, um, right now, we need to be reminded that heaven rules. Well, we experienced that on a personal level. As Robert and I did, we were just coming through hearing two words, cancer treatments, when yeah. this book began to take shape in my heart. And there are people facing that or um, inflation woes or declining 401ks, or right now this election season, we have the macro issues, the threats of um, nation adversaries against our country, the, um, the war in Russia and Ukraine. How do, for those believers in both of those countries, what does heaven rules mean to them? We have friends, believers who've lost homes and security and life and loved ones. So whether it's our very personal pains or uncertainties or challenges, or it's looking up where, you know, we've been listening to these debates uh, in this election season. Some of us yes. like this can't be over soon enough. And we're 
no matter what side of the aisle you're on, there's a lot of dread and fear of what happens if so-and-so wins or in the state of Michigan where I live, there's some proposals on the ballot yes, that I'm yes. going, no, Lord, please, no, Lord. Um, so we have these things that concern us, but the backdrop, the foundation, the undergirding, the security for every time of trial and trouble in our world and in our hearts is this assurance that none of this takes God by surprise, that he is in charge of this world, and that even uh, the scripture tells us the wrath of men will praise him. In the end, the things that are evil and painful and that we would love to have avoided, uh, that God is ruling over all of this, every storm, every earthquake, every uh, tremor, every tumor, every big thing and little thing, every blade of grass on this earth, every empire and potentate and president and law and court, heaven rules over all of this. So this is what can give us calm and courage and comfort when it looks like the world is spinning out of control. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Nancy. We're going to take a short break, but I want to open up the phone lines because maybe you hear Nancy's heart and passion, and you can't hear Nancy without hearing her heart and passion. That's one of the things that I appreciate about her most. But maybe you're asking the question, how does this fit into my circumstance, into this current moment that has produced anxiety, unrest, fear in my own soul and heart? Maybe it is car troubles. Maybe it is election cycles. Maybe it is family disputes. Maybe it is the global pandemic for you. Whatever that issue is that you're trying to figure out, how do I trust in God, maintain confidence and uh, courage through it all? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to open up the phone lines, 877-LIVE. 675 is the number. That's 877-548-3675. We'll be right back. Make plans to be with me for the next Equipper Zoom webinar. Join me on Thursday, November 17th, right after the program. We'll be addressing the topic, the Christian and politics. I'll share ways that we can faithfully navigate the political process and keep our hearts aligned with God's purpose for this world. This webinar is a perk of being part of our team of equippers, our monthly partners. So equippers, check your inbox for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive meeting. Not an equipper and want to attend? Become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. Today, our theme, if you will, is Heaven Rules. We're looking at the newest book by Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Um, what an awesome book. Take courage, take comfort. Our God is in control, a reminder, if you will, of the faithfulness of God, of his sovereign grace in all things. Uh, you can order a copy, find out how to order a copy at our website. Go to equippedradio.org. There we have links. You can find out more information about Nancy, about our radio programs, conferences, and so much more. So go 
to EquipRadio.org. Click on today's program details. All of it is there. Uh, we're also taking your calls at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Maybe you are going through a storm uh, that has um, just produced anxiety and unrest within your own life, and you're wondering how in the world does heaven rules fit into this equation? We love to maybe be your prayer partner. Certainly encourage you today. 877-548-3675. Nancy, one of my favorite uh, Old Testament books is the book of Daniel. I first went through a course on Daniel with uh, John Lennox, um, who is um, just such a great teacher. He'd been studying uh, the book of Daniel for about 25 years when we walked through it. And yet hearing you walk us through Daniel at the conference, there are things that you saw that I was seeing for the first time, and it was absolutely amazing. I just want to highlight a couple of things and have you respond to it. I want to be careful when I step into this area, but Daniel saw his fair share of political corruption, didn't he? Absolutely. And he lived through from it. You know, he went as an exile to Babylon when he was probably in his young teens and then served in the palace in the courts of the kings, maybe through 13 different kings wow. until he was in his 80s. Wow. So he was a young man, a middle aged man and an old man. And he saw one kingdom rise and the next and then fall as the next would rise, and then that would fall. And through it all, Daniel was there serving, being a faithful man of God in the midst of a totally pagan, corrupt, arrogant environment that was not conducive, no friend of grace. How, and how did to he see, survive that? Yeah, you know, it's knowing your God. And at the mm. end of Daniel, that's what it says, those who know their God— they're the ones who will have courage, who will be sustained, and who will uh, be able to serve their God effectively. But you have many different names for God throughout the book of Daniel. So here are kings like Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar and uh, Darius and these kings who did not know or honor God by and large. And in the midst of their, you know, they made edicts and pronouncements, and many of them were evil ones, and personally threatened Daniel and his his godly friends at times, but none of those things uh, threatened Daniel's heart because his heart was tethered to God in heaven, who is over every king. I mean, these were powerful kings. So our tendency is to look at, you know, who's the president or who's the prime minister or who's the the czar, the whatever, yes. um, the emperor, and say, boy, you know, we can't possibly live for God in that kind of environment. Well, in Daniel, we see a man who was swimming upstream. He was going against the flow. But here's what I love about him, Chris. He he, he didn't rant. He didn't um, like spew on social media, had they had yes, social media, yes. uh, as so many of us as believers are sometimes tempted to do today. You don't see him yelling you don't see him losing his temper or his cool. You see him with his steadfast hope in God because his eyes are lifted upward. And even when he can't see the outcome, like he's getting thrown into this den of hungry lions or his friends are being thrown into this fiery furnace, he doesn't know the end of the story like we do, that 
you know, God delivered them from those adversities, he, he may have thought, this is it. This is my last night on earth. But in the midst of all of that, there's this calmness, this fortitude, this being sustained because he knows that this life is not it. This king is not it. God is supreme over all of this. And I, I just look around at how so many Christians are foaming at the mouth today about yes. things that are legitimate concerns. But I think we're, we're acting as if who, the party that's in the White House or the party that holds the Congress or the party that or who's on the Supreme Court, we're acting as if these things are ultimate Yes. when they are not. Heaven rules over all of that. And that's what steadies our hearts in times of tumult. You know, uh, we're, we're both in Michigan, and I have uh, tried my best to, with wisdom, talk to our church family about how to approach this election season. And uh, and certainly there are proposals that we need to be very educated on. There yes. are candidates that we need to be uh, aware of. And all those things individually have to be discerned. But... Uh, as much as I hope, uh, the things that I'm believing for and fighting for happen, I also have to be prepared if they're not, if they don't, right? I have to be prepared right. if the person I didn't vote for ends up in office. Right. I have to be prepared if the proposal I don't want to see go through goes yes. through, right? Yes, exactly. And, and what I hear you saying in heaven rules is not that you somehow – give up with a fatalistic mindset, a right. desire, or even petition before, before the Lord. But it's as if to say that we need to be reminded that God is sovereign, even when things aren't working out according to our plan, that his plan is still intact. Exactly. And it's not as if we disengage or just put our heads in the sand. Daniel is very engaged in the politics of his era. Yes. He was giving input to kings and rulers, and and he had wise input to give, and sometimes they took it and sometimes they didn't. But he had a, a, a strength of heart and character that it almost didn't matter. I mean, it does matter, but it didn't matter supremely what the king decreed because God was overruling the king's decrees. And, you know, we wouldn't have the book of Daniel today if it weren't for some wicked kings who created this sense of opposing God and then us seeing what God could do to overrule wickedness. Yeah. We wouldn't have um, the vibrant church in China today if it weren't for some wickedness that has taken place for generations. Martyrs who've lost their lives because of their faith in Christ. We wouldn't have the gospel and salvation if it weren't for Pontius Pilate and yeah. King Herod who gave evil decrees and the and the Jewish religious leaders of this day who put Christ to death the cross this is like the ultimate um attack on God's reign and rule wicked hands the scripture says put Christ to death but because Christ surrendered himself, submitted himself to the will of the Father and went to the cross, this is, and then God 
showed who really rules by raising him from the dead. Yes. This is how we have hope today because he was willing to endure. So the hard things and even the bad and evil things are in as only God can do are part of writing a majestic, beautiful story that will cause all of creation and every created being to give praise and worship to God in the end. You're reminding me, Nancy, of Genesis 50 and 20, uh, those famous words by Joseph saying, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Let's go to the phone lines. Lakeland, Florida is where Luke is. Hey, Luke, wanted to get you in before a break, brother. What's your comment today? Uh, I wonder, oh, by the way, I heard a guy talk to Nancy the other day on a question and answer period. He mentioned that Nancy was a baseball fan. I wanted to let you know, Nancy, that I was a base, professional baseball scout for three years. <laughs> I'm glad you're a baseball I was, fan. I was a baseball fan until the Cubs got out of the running. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Sorry, this, conver- this conversation <laughs> is going off the rails. <laughs> we'll go right ahead, brother. That out, that out. That also kind of reminds me, my first year of scouting, I uh, was told by a friend of mine that uh, his boss was asked by my boss who they could replace for me down here in Florida because I was scouting for the Mariners at the time. And so I said, okay. So as it turned out, my wife and I got on our knees and we prayed about it. And I said, Lord, I'd been in professional baseball five years as a minor league player. I wanted to stay in it. We said, Lord, if it be your will, then, then save my job. And as it turned out, he did save my job for that year. And for 37 years, I went through so many people, kind of like you're talking about Daniel, that um, ended up, you know, could have fired me, but I was never fired. It had to be God's hand on me. Well, you know, it's a testimony. Maybe you have an area of your life where you need today to be reminded heaven rules. What area of your life do you need to declare heaven rules over? Give me a call. Let me know. 877-LIVE-675. Luke, you stay on the line. We're going to get you a copy of Heaven Rules. Got a few more copies we're going to bless some folks with today as well. EquipRadio.org. We'll be right back. Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. You know, it's no secret that good marriages take work. And sometimes we need help to resolve our differences. Dr. Gary Chapman is highly respected for his godly wisdom on overcoming relational conflict and finding joy together. I want to share his important book with you called Loving Your Spouse When You Feel Like Walking Away. It's written for any couple eager to create a marriage that lasts. Get your copy with a gift of any amount. Call 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Phone number 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Today we're talking about two simple words that are powerful enough to calm your fears, comfort your heart, and give courage for you to press on. Those two words are heaven rules. The name of Nancy DeMoss Wagamu's newest book, Heaven Rules, Take Courage, Take Comfort, our God is in control. Um, Nancy, I just want to bring up, and I and I hate uh, all this reminiscing, but I saw a tweet that you did celebrating what would have been your dad's birthday recently. And yes, actually yesterday. T- yesterday. Yeah. So that touched my heart so much. 
Uh, talk about how your dad, tying it to the book, how your dad demonstrate, demonstrated in his life this thought that heaven rules. Oh, well, I'm so glad you asked, Chris, because my dad's been in heaven for 43 years. He died suddenly of a heart attack at the age of 53 when I was 21 years old. So yesterday would have been his 97th birthday. Mm. And I never knew him when I was an adult. But everything I believe today about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the sovereignty of God, the trustworthiness of God, it was learned as a child and young person from my dad and my mom, uh, my mom who is still living now in her 80s. But my parents, I watched them go through um, good times when my dad's uh, business was doing well, succeeding, and he was pioneering in the insurance industry. But I also watched them love and trust God without complaining when he was when his business was being attacked, when he was losing money hand over fist. I watched him when my mom was had a life-threatening brain tumor and went through surgery that they didn't know if she would come out alive uh, when I was in my teens. I watched them as our home burned in a fire the night before school started and my um, maybe ninth, 10th grade, sophomore year of high school. Uh, so, and I watched them with things that piled up, adversity, challenges, and good things too. But I watched them as grateful and trusting in times of heartache and loss as they were when it was a story they would love to have had written. And it wasn't a um, like, you know, okay, God does whatever he wants to do. There was a glad, wholehearted, trusting, resilient confidence that God is good and that he knows what he's doing. So, you know, when I got the news that my dad, I had been with my dad the weekend of my 21st birthday, he took me to the airport, he and my mom did. I traveled, flew to Virginia where I was serving in a local church at the time. When I landed, I got the message from my mm, mom that mm. my dad had gone out to play tennis, had dropped dead on the tennis court. I'd seen him just hours earlier. And wow. in that moment, the first, there, there were lots of thoughts later. There were lots of tears. Um, I love my dad so much. But the very first conscious thought I had was a verse that I had read not long earlier from Psalm 119, 168, that says, God is good and everything he does is good. Wow. Now, that wasn't just a like random scripture verse to me. Yes. That was something I had watched my dad and my mom yes. believe with all their hearts. So when that was like the first major huge loss in my life, I had another brother yes. killed in a car accident years later. But through all of this, there's kind of this um, default to say, okay, I wouldn't have written the script this way. My eyes are filled with tears. My heart is aching. But deeper than all of that is this rock solid foundation that heaven rules, Yes. that God is good, that he can be trusted. So I'd say to parents, don't underestimate mm. the value of what your kids are seeing. I know 
um, Chris, you and your wife are raising yes. some young children and yeah. teenagers, and and you don't know what they're catching. That's right. But, you don't. But know. they are seeing it lived out day after day as you respond and as parents respond to pressure. They're seeing, okay, what does this what does this do to us, and how do we respond? And will the next generation who've been watching us? When their troubles come, will they say, I know that God can be trusted because I've seen it in my parents, my grandparents, older friends. I've seen them walk in this assurance. You know, first off, thank you for for just inviting us into that sweet moment and memory. And if I could be so bold as to say that as a dad, I am 100% confident that your father would be so proud of the way that you have uh, represented Jesus and continue to represent Jesus. But I will also say this, that these words, God is good and everything he does is good, is what I would call or what I would tell my kids, those are back pocket words. And what I mean by that is keep them in your back pocket because you don't know when you're going to have to pull them out and use them but you better have that as your foundation before the trial comes. Praise God that that was already in your heart. Because so often, you know this, I know this, Nancy, it is hard to find in the storm um, truth that's not already there. It is really hard in the storm to find something that has not yet already been deposited. But when you deposit during the times of peace, Yes. When you deposit, so when the storm comes, yes. the deposit is already there. It's It really does sustain you. Let's go to uh, North Idaho, if we could. Lee has been listening patiently there. Hey, Lee, thanks so much for listening. Uh, what's your comment uh, yeah. today? Well, um, it's more of an, uh, an encouragement, I guess, a testimony. Um, my husband and I, we've been married for about 22 years now. He was born and raised in Fiji, and we got married there in 2000. And we got married in March of 2000, and in May of 2000, there was a coup in Fiji. And my husband was in the military, and he was called to active duty. And it was a lot of unrest. There's two main islands, Vanulevu, Vitilevu. He was on Vanulevu, capitals on Vitilevu, and there was protests and everything on Vitilevu. His unit was ordered to go to Vitilevu and basically tell all the crowd, you better disperse or we're going to open fire. And my husband was one of 53 men who disobeyed and said, we're not going to do that. They're entitled to their due process and they're, we're not, we're not going to do that. And, you know, they're all Christians too. And it was like devastating for them to think of even doing that. So when they disobeyed, of course, it, you know, trickled into court martial and it, after about three years of, of court um they finally had their court martial and were sentenced and it happened the final um the sentencing date was happening during hurricane ami ami and it was uh like none of the character witnesses could come from vanuleva to go to vitileva because all the devastation from the hurricane these guys are strong christians and they had nobody they wouldn't accept the court wouldn't accept you know, testimonies via fax or phone or anything like that. So all these guys um, who had done what they believed God wanted them to do, to be faithful and to, you know, they trusted, okay, God's going to see us through this. And they were, every single one of them were sentenced to prison. My husband was sentenced to eight years, and he got out after six years. But during that first week in prison, 
of course, all the guys are, you know, crying out to the Lord. Why? 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 We were faithful. Why are you doing this? Why would you do this to us? And they were devastated. And it took about a week for them to snap out of it. And, of course, being Christians, <laughs> they finally remembered Paul in prison and, you know, decided, okay, we're not the only ones, and this has happened before, and started to kind of take a look around and realize there were hardened prisoners in this prison, and there were lots of people who weren't saved. And so then they started asking all the family, please start sending Bibles, send study materials, and we did. We started sending a whole bunch over to the prison, Namboro Prison on, on Vitilevu, and um, he, after about six years, he saw other prisoners as well as prison guards come to Christ while they were in there, thanks to them pushing for all of that to be sent in and having them stand strong while they were in there to remain faithful and praising the Lord and singing worship and, you know, constantly through it. And right now, I believe there's still two men that are in there who had longer sentences, but they stayed faithful. And it was, my husband got out after six years. Um, I, you know, pushed his immigration as quick as I could. He was denied. They said, nope, can't come. And I worked with a guy at the time who said, just flood them with every reason why you should not be able to go there. And my dad was, my dad was a, a veteran. He, he, along with all of my materials, I had a letter from my dad saying, I'm a veteran. I've never asked anything for my country in return. And I'm asking for this, you know, please do not make my daughter go all the way over there just to be with her husband. And we don't know what the piece was, but they approved him. And he got here in 2000. We have a 13 year old daughter. We've been married for 22 years, still a strong Christian. Well, you you know know, what, Lee, let let me just say your story is amazing. And, And I don't say this. I don't know if I've ever said this to anybody who's called in. But if you have not written that in a book yet, you need to put that in a book. That is such an incredible story and testimony. Nancy, that's what it means to to know in your heart heaven rules and to live that out. It is. And what would happen to so many people, thank you, Lee, for sharing that. It is an amazing story. But for for most people, if they ended up with a prison sentence for having done, you know, obeyed their conscience, obeyed yes. God rather than yes. men, there would be a tendency to become bitter yes. or angry or yes. resentful. But the Lord helped you and your husband to understand that this life is short and that faithfulness to God wherever he puts you is what he will honor and to see that there's, you think about the eternal destinies and souls of those other prisoners and prison guards, and you say, was it worth six years of suffering and pain and years of the court-martial and the court process? Well, you would never have written the story that way, but the fact that you were able and your husband to trust God to write that story and to say, Lord, what are you wanting to do in this lion's den, so to speak, or this fiery furnace? Uh, this hard place. Yes. And that doesn't mean that, you know, some people, believers around the world are still in prison, but God still is in charge. And God is doing a great work, sometimes his greatest work in the hardest places, if we will just let him be God 
and have his way. So you just illustrated that so beautifully. Thank you, Lee. I'm, I'm just so encouraged by hearing your story. You know, I think of Acts 8 and 1, and what a game-changing verse that is. You know, it said it's a backdrop of Acts 1 and 8. In Acts 1 and 8, God, uh, Jesus, rather, shares with his disciples uh, about how the gospel is going to spread from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, you have to ask yourself, in a celebration of that news, how is it going to spread? Right. And it says in Acts 8 and 1, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So everywhere they went, they were scattered through persecution, and everywhere they went, they touched the world with the gospel, with the word. They carried the word out with them. Now, will we have written that script? Will we have said, okay, this is how the gospel is going to spread? It's going to start with heavy persecution? No. But yet heaven rules, and God is in the midst of it all. Friends, these two words, when you get it in your soul, when you really understand what's behind these words, more than the cliché, but the very affirmation that God is God, that he is in control, that he is good and faithful, that when we cannot track his hand, we can trust his heart. All of these things and so much more come alive in your heart when you know that heaven rules. That's why I want you to pause for just a moment and to go to our website so you can learn how to order a copy of this book. Now, You can read it however you want. You can read it as an individual by yourself quietly in your devotion time. But let me encourage you, my recommendation, read it with a group of friends. Read it with your spouse. Don't read it alone. Process through the chapters together so that you can talk about areas of your life. When where you need to affirm heaven rules. I wish I could tell you that when you come to Christ, that every area of your life lives up under that reality. But progressively, as God is growing me, there are certain areas that are coming up under that truth. Today, the question is, what area of your life needs to come up under the truth that heaven rules? We'll talk about that more with Nancy right after this. This daily program is fully devoted to coming alongside listeners like you to give you the tools needed for a successful walk with God. As one of our loyal listeners, would you be willing to become an equipper? Your monthly contribution will be applied to equipping others all across the country. Plus, as an equipper, I'll send you regular emails that contain brief pastoral messages prepared just for you. To become an equipper now, call 888-644-4144 or go online to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. So greatly to have Nancy Walgamuth with us today to talk about heaven rules. Nancy, we have um, covered a lot of ground. And I just want to say this. I know uh, how full your life is, but there seems to be in your heart a commitment to carving out time to encourage other believers to stay faithful in the Word of God. And that's not lost on me, on all of us, and we're grateful for it. But I want you, if you could, just a couple minutes left before the show is done. We've talked about the importance of being in the Word of God 
and how that strengthens our confidence in him and reminds us of the fact that heaven rules. But talk about the role of prayer. What role did prayer play in Daniel's life, and what role does prayer have to play in our life for us to live with the ever-present knowledge of heaven rules? Well, here's the thing, Chris. If we really believe that heaven rules, then we're going to do more of what Daniel did throughout the course of his life, and that is to lift our eyes up to heaven and ask God to do what only God can do. We're going to cry out to him in times of national distress. Uh, At Revive Our Hearts right now, we're doing a 30-day cry-out prayer challenge uh, because our nation and our world are in such deep trouble. And we know that the answers that we desperately need are not ultimately going to be found in the ballot box or in any particular party getting an advantage. We encourage people to vote. We encourage, as you said earlier, but ultimately the challenges in our world and in our lives we need God. Yes. And so we see Daniel, his habit, not just in times of crisis. In fact, I think if he hadn't been praying as a regular habit already, when he got to the crisis, the decree that said you're not allowed to pray, he probably wouldn't have prayed. But he had this habit of lifting his eyes up to the Lord when he needed wisdom. When the king said, tell me my dream, are you off with your head? Daniel went to his friends and said, we've got to pray. We don't know what to do. They were no wiser than the wise, you know, the, the wise men, so-called, of Babylon. But he knew a God in heaven who knows every answer. So when we're perplexed, when we're confused, when we don't know what to do, when we are helpless and powerless against the encroaching evil or pain in our world, pray, fall to our knees, lift our eyes up and our hands to heaven, and trust that God will bring his, his rule to bear as we pray, Lord, may your kingdom come. May yes. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray the Lord's prayer, the prayer he taught us to pray. Say, Lord, I don't know what to pray, but I know that you rule, and I want your reign and rule to be experienced in my world and in our world this day. And then we trust that he has heard and that he is in the process of answering even of some of those prayers, we won't see the answer until one day we're in his presence. And then we'll say, ah, oh, all yes. those prayers ascended like incense to your throne. We read that in Revelation. Yes. And you heard them and you were answering them. God is faithful, friends. God is good and everything he does is good. Maybe you're struggling with trusting God. Let's pray. Father, I pray for the heart that is struggling to trust you, to have faith in you, Today, I pray that you would prove yourself to be faithful to them, that you would open their eyes that they might see Jesus. Lord, that you would save. We ask this in your name, trusting you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Nancy, for being with me. Thank you, friends, for listening. I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. 
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. Does this election season have you feeling overwhelmed? You know, very soon, we're going to engage in our nation's greatest freedom, the right to vote. Maybe you have questions about how Christians should engage in a whole political enterprise and how we should interact with politicians and what about ballots and so much more. Bring your questions to the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or equipradio.org.